You are listening to a podcast from the UAB School of Nursing Health Network. Today, we're delighted to have Dr. Tedra Smith and Jeremy Jordan join our discussion about pediatric nursing. Welcome to you both. Thanks for having us. Thank you for having us. Excellent. So as we get started today, I'd like to spend a little time getting to know you a little bit more about how you got into nursing and so forth, and then we'll dive off more into the profession itself. So Dr. Smith, can you tell us a little bit about yourself, your background, what you do in pediatric nursing? Yes, thank you so much for having me today on Clinical Pearls. My name is Tedra Smith. I am an associate professor here at the University of Alabama at Birmingham School of Nursing. I have over 20 years of nursing experience. All of that experience has been in pediatrics. I can remember being a young girl, always enjoying being with kids. I was that kid that taught Sunday school class for the younger kids. I was that family member that babysit all the time. So I always kind of knew pediatrics is where I wanted to be. I spent a little bit of time working in a nursing home as a clinical nurse assistant, a certified nurse assistant. But I knew working with geriatrics, I enjoy, but my heart and passion lied with being a pediatric nurse. And I spent a lot of my undergrad education um, taking those opportunities that presented themselves to work with pediatric patients and their families. Um, so it's just where my passion lies, and I've always kind of known it from the beginning. Excellent. Thank you so much. It's great to meet you. Dr. Jordan, can you tell us a little bit about your background and what you do in pediatric nursing? Yeah, so thank you so much for having me. Um, again, my name is Jeremy Jordan. I um, am currently an assistant professor here at the School of Nursing. And um, nursing is actually a, a second career for me. Um, I uh, obtained my first degree in healthcare management and worked in clinical trials uh, from, for a local dermatology practice where I would fill in as a medical assistant, and that's where I really fell in love with patient care. Um, throughout high school and college, um, I taught martial arts, um, specifically developing a program for three, four, and five-year-olds called Tiny Tigers. So I've always loved working with kids, um, teaching kids, um, and so I knew I eventually wanted to come back to that. Um, so that kind of blended with that aspect of patient care um, led me to nursing. So. Um, I went back to school to become a nurse and um, started working in the pediatric intensive care unit at Children's of Alabama in Birmingham. Um, eventually, after that, went back to school to become a nurse practitioner um, and became a nurse practitioner in the PICU or the pediatric ICU at Children's um, before coming on as faculty. Um, so I've been a nurse for 10 years and a nurse practitioner for about seven years. Excellent. Thank you. Very nice to meet you as well. So I'd like to spend a little time because both of you mentioned something very important about pediatric nursing and then also nurse practitioner. So let's spend a little little bit of time for our audience to kind of get a feeling of the difference in the two. So uh, uh, Dr. Smith, can we talk about pediatric nursing and what that's like uh, at the bedside? Yes. Um, Pediatric nursing is very similar to just in general being a nurse. We take the same undergraduate coursework, typically a bachelor's in science. It can also be an associate degree in nursing. And we take the basic content and all of the coursework that a typical nursing student would take. However, once we get out into practice, we find our, ourselves focusing on and specializing in pediatric nursing, meaning we're typically employed at a children's hospital or a pediatric primary care setting, some type of clinic setting, traditional or non-traditional clinic setting is where you typically will find a pediatric nurse. 
um, the difference between pediatric nursing and pediatric nurse practitioner is that typically with pediatric nursing and nurse practitioner, we're taking care of children and their family. Um, that's the scope of what we're doing. We're specialized to take care of children and their family. We're going to do physical exams. We're going to do assessments. We're going to focus on health promotion and prevention. Where the difference comes into play is that pediatric nurse practitioners can also diagnose. We can also come up with management plans that includes prescribing medication or ordering diagnostic studies for our patients. We can also be the primary care provider for our patients and their families. And so that is one of the major difference of being a pediatric nurse practitioner versus a pediatric nurse at the some foundation the things we do are very similar. We're focused on the same population. There are some similarities, but pediatric nurse practitioners have that extra layer of education and experience that allows us to have more autonomy to diagnose and manage and be primary care providers. Thank you so much. That, that, that's a great description, and I really appreciate that. And you, did, you mentioned something very important in that conversation. Uh, you gave us a great uh, a difference in the two of pediatric nursing and pediatric advanced practice. Now, it's my understanding you're a pediatric primary care nurse practitioner. Is that correct? Can you yes, tell us a little correct. about that? That little folk. That can you tell us more about that focus in primary care? So, in primary care, I'm really focused on health promotion, health prevention. I can take care of common acute illnesses. I can take care of chronic conditions, but my primary focus is to focus on those well-child annual visits, health promotion, health prevention, managing those acute illnesses that are very common in primary care. So for example, some examples of primary care issues would be sore throat, would be someone coming in with a common cold, upper respiratory infection, someone coming in with a simple injury, ankle sprain, something to that effect. I can also manage chronic illnesses. So, for example, asthma. Asthma is a chronic illness, meaning people are diagnosed with asthma and then they tend to have exacerbations or flare-ups throughout their lives. Where they may see someone specialized to treat their asthma, I can manage it based off the information I get from the specialty person that, that saw them and diagnosed them and gave them a treatment plan. So those are kind of some of the examples of things I would do as a primary care focused pediatric nurse practitioner. What type of preparation would you need to become focused as a primary care pediatric nurse practitioner or even a peds nurse at that? Preparation for peds nurse, as I stated earlier, is very similar to just being a nurse in general. We go through the same matriculation through school to, um, to be able to fit for the NCLEX and take the national certification to become a licensed registered nurse, whether that's associate degree or bachelor's degree, we go through the same process. What we do is extra specialization after we graduate nursing school and plus our NCLEX. We're going to find ourselves working with that population, getting more knowledge related to treating that specific population. So not necessarily more schooling to be a pediatric nurse practitioner, but you're going to work in a specialized area with that population and get more training that's focused on pediatric nursing. Excellent. Thank you so much. I'm sorry. Please go ahead. um, While I was in school to be a nurse practitioner, there was extra training that was focused on the primary care population. So a lot of my clinical experiences in nurse practitioner school focused on the primary care aspects, as I explained earlier, 
health promotion, health prevention, those types of things. I appreciate that. That extra clarity does help. I, I really appreciate it. Dr. Jordan, let's you're talk welcome. a little bit about your acute care uh, background because you're an acute care nurse practitioner. Can you tell us a little bit about what that environment looks like? Absolutely. Yeah. So in um, advanced practice pediatrics, we have two specialties, primary care and acute care, like you mentioned. Um, I'm an acute care trained pediatric nurse practitioner. So um, during uh, my, my master's program to become an, a pediatric nurse practitioner, I specialized in acute care. So we start with the foundation of primary care because it's really important that we know the building blocks um, of pediatric care. So well child growth and development, um, what kind of skills and things should children be doing as they grow and develop. Um, but then we dive into um, more acute and critical care. So my training um, focuses on um, kids with very complex, um, chronic, acute or critical illness or injury. Um, so as an acute care pediatric nurse practitioner, I am trained to care for children um, who sustain really severe life-threatening injuries or perhaps even um, really um, chronic conditions that are not well managed. Um, so children with really severe asthma that have a really severe asthma exacerbation that require hospitalization or specialized care. So um, I, our, our specialization is also in um, things like um, urgent care, emergency department care, and then specialty care, like I mentioned. So a lot of acute care nurse practitioners go into specialties, like for example, pulmonology, um, where they care for children with really severe cases of asthma. So really what differentiates our specialties is the type of patient we care for. An acute care trained pediatric nurse practitioner is trained to care for those children who are at really high risk of clinical decompensation. And what we mean by that is, at really high risk of getting really sick um, and have life-threatening or life-limiting illnesses or injuries. So you'll see acute care trained pediatric nurse practitioners work in a variety of settings, um, emergency rooms, urgent cares, like specialty clinics, as well as in the hospital. So a majority of acute care nurse practitioners work in the hospital, um, whether that be on a general pediatric floor or with a specialty service, a surgical service, or like me, I work in critical care. So I work in the pediatric intensive care unit. Thank you, that's, that's very informative and I appreciate your uh, sharing what type of environments uh, someone with a pediatric acute care uh, certification uh, can potentially function in. And you know, I'd like to continue that environmental discussion. Uh, and Tidra, can you talk a little bit about those individuals who are pediatric primary care certified or trained, where, where you might find them within the healthcare system? Yes, I can answer that. Typically, a pediatric nurse practitioner that's primary care focused, you will find us in a traditional primary care office where children are coming in for their annual well child visits. So they're imminent, coming in to get their immunizations, coming in to get sports physicals, or coming in because they have a common um, complaint, you know, such as the runny nose that I talked about, or a sore throat, or um, a rash or something similar to that that they're coming in. You can also find us in school-based clinics. There's a, a lot of school-based health centers where health promotion, health prevention takes place in the school where kids are able to come get those services, you know, while they're there at the school. You may also find us in specialty clinics because we can focus on chronic health as well. You may find us in specialty clinics such as ENT or pulmonary or neurology you may find primary care nurse practitioners. 
You also may find us working in uh, emergency room fast track. And so those fast track emergency rooms are a component of the emergency room, maybe fast track, where patients that are coming in with typical primary care complaints, they may move them to the fast track area where a primary care nurse practitioner may take care of them. Excellent, thank you. So one of the things we want to talk about is also understanding uh, the population a little bit more. So we've talked about some of the environments that you'll be in and so forth. So what is that life across that lifespan? What what age spans are we looking at for our pediatric uh, patients, Dr. Jordan? Yeah, so that's a really great question and a common question that we get, especially for individuals looking to become pediatric nurse practitioners. So. Um, Generally, what um, is referred to as a pediatric patient is any type of patient that would benefit from a pediatric provider. So um, different professional organizations have set different standards, um, as well as individual states may regulate the type of practice that nurse practitioners and physicians can practice. Um, but our professional organization, the National Association of Pediatric Nurses, um, defines a pediatric patient as um, an individual from birth to young adult. Um, so they don't put a specific age range or an age, uh, an end of, um, of when you're no longer a pediatric patient. Um, and the reason for this is because there are um, specific diagnoses um, where children are living um, much longer. For example, cystic fibrosis. Um, children used to not survive past being a teenager and now they're surviving and with advancements in treatment and care um, and doing much better for much more extended periods of time. So that patient may actually see a pediatric nurse practitioner beyond the age of 18 or 19, um, provided that's within their scope of practice depending on the state. Um, so there is no set age range, um, but generally one could, could say anywhere from birth to young adulthood, so in the early 20s. Uh, in their early 20s. And uh, for example, in my practice as a nurse practitioner in the ICU, um, I care for patients who sometimes are up to the age of 25, 26 years old um, because they have a pediatric diagnosis, something like um, Duchenne's muscular dystrophy, for example, that um, I say child, but that individual has had their care um, at a pediatric facility their entire life with multiple pediatric specialties, and that person is best served by a pediatric provider. Um, so there is no set um, age where you kind of age out of that pediatric um, population, but it's really all kind of based on your need. Um, but now that um, we're getting really good at caring for individuals for much longer periods of time, uh, we're working on transitioning them to adult providers. So for example, now we there are adult providers who are experts in cystic fibrosis or CF. So we are now able to transition those patients to adult providers um, for um, the rest of their lives for ongoing care. But that's a great question and a common question. Excellent, thank you. So, you know, you seem very passionate about this population. There, there seems to be a lot of, um, uh, of enjoyment caring for a group, uh, such a vulnerable population, such as pediatric acute care patients. Can you talk to us and our listeners, or our viewers, what type of characteristics, how did you know I want to be a pediatric acute care nurse practitioner? So uh, Jeremy, how did you know that that's my path I wanted? What characteristics do you have to have to be able to be successful in that population? Yeah, so um, that's a great question. Um, 
I knew that I wanted to work with children. Um, like I mentioned previously, I worked with kids in, in high school and college. Um, so I really enjoyed um, working with kids. Um, and I'll be very honest, I was very anxious um, to start my first nursing job in the pediatric intensive care unit because these children are very sick. Um, and uh, it can be quite um, sad and daunting um, kind of career to take. However, what kind of inspired me to remain in pediatrics and how I really fell in love with it is this ability of kids to bounce back. Kids have such um, a, a will to live and a vigor for life that they will fight and they will continue to fight um, in order to get better because that's what they want. They want to get better. They want to get out of the hospital um, and they will do anything that you ask them to do to, to get themselves better so that they can get out of the hospital. Um, so while it is at times very sad, it's probably one of the most rewarding specialties for me because um, I get to see kids come in with really severe injuries or illnesses um, and they bounce back. They do, they do better. They want to get better. So um, they fight and they, they work really hard. They do the things that we ask them to do to get better um, and we get to see them grow and flourish. And so um, in pediatrics, you really have to want to be there and you have to want to care for kids. Working in pediatrics is not a specialty that you can go into just because there happens to be a job opening in it. Those type of individuals don't tend to be successful in pediatric nursing. It's individuals that want to be there, want to help kids and want to see them get better that do really well in that environment. Um, and so that is what's really inspiring to me is to see these kids go through pretty traumatic um, illnesses and injuries, um, but bounce back and do very well. Thank you. And that's, you know, that's what a great message. And I, I appreciate your, your sharing the storyline because mm -hmm. that could uh, potentially inspire others uh, to, to not be afraid. It can be intimidating. It certainly can be scary to be in that environment where it, it that seemingly endless, uh, you know, suffering that some patients might uh, uh, encounter, that there is an opportunity for improvement. There is that opportunity for advancement past that disease process. And I'd like to share the same question uh, with Tidra. Tidra, how did you know that I want to be in primary care nurse practitioner? What I, what characteristic that you carried that carried you through that process? Thank you. I share a lot of the same sentiments that Jeremy. It, it, I had a strong passion for it. It was something that brought me joy. I discovered early on that working with children, taking care of children brought me joy. When I was in nursing school, undergraduate nursing school, I longed to be with the pediatric population. Any opportunity I had, I wanted to work with the a pediatric population. My first nursing role was actually in the emergency department at Children's of Alabama, and I fell in love with taking care of children and their families, being able to see how resilient they are and how they desire to get better and being able to educate. I've always loved educating, and I feel like with the right education, the right coaching, the, the right um, cheering them on, coaching motivation uh, will help them be successful successful and help them succeed in life. And every child deserves to have a healthy life. Every child deserves access to care. And I've always just enjoyed being able to provide that access, being able to educate the families on how to help their children have a healthy lifestyle behavior. That, that's just something that's always brought me joy. It continues to bring me joy to this day. I'm, I'm very passionate about it. And I think anyone considering pediatrics has to have a passion for it. It's not always easy. Every day is not great. 
There are some days you're going to be really upset with, with the family because they're not doing the things you, you've educated them on. Um, but I always find joy in redirecting because I see the smile on children's face. I see them getting better. I see them desiring to get better. Um, so you have to have that compassion. You have to have that empathy. You have to have the desire to help the family as well because that child is going to go home with their caregiver, with their loved ones, with their mom and dad, uh, whoever is taking care of them. You're going to have to be willing to educate them as well and to show your compassion and empathy toward them as well. Um, so it's definitely something that you have to search long and hard in your heart to determine that this is something I'm passionate about. This is I understand the ramifications of it. And every day, like I said, is not a good day. Um, sometimes we do have children that die, and those are really, really hard days. Uh, but the sum total of my time working with pediatric population has brought me much joy. Thank you, and I appreciate that inspiring message because uh, that certainly can motivate uh, some of our viewers who might be interested in the pediatric uh, population to care for, uh, mm -hmm. of care, so thank you so much. So I'd like to move in our segment into the next phase where we kind of, kind of get an idea of what your daily life is in, in the clinical setting. So, Teacher, uh, can you tell us in your clinical practice time and when you're caring for patients and, and families and, and caregivers, Tell us about what a normal day would look like for you. And, and if you have any big challenges that you see quite a bit, what kind of, how do you overcome those challenges and how do you keep uh, that motivation? I'll give you an example from working in a traditional primary care office. I, I spent a lot of time in this setting. So typically, you know, your patients are going to come in, they're going to get their height and weight and get placed in the room. And then I would be able to review their chart to determine, you know, what immunizations do they need, if any, you know, what is their chief complaint, why are they here today, who's in the room with them today, what caregiver is there with them, what concerns may they have before I go in the room. I just usually always like to do a general overview so that I know, you know, before I walk in to get a general sense of the patient when I can. There's not always a chart that I can review, but a lot of the times in primary care, these are patients that this is their primary care home. This is where they come anytime they're sick, anytime they need well child exams. So you get very familiar with the patients, you get very familiar with their caregivers, and so you build that trust and relationship with them. So typically, um, of course, going in, getting a very thorough history, getting a very um, detailed exam on the patient, um, getting uh, an examination to determine, you know, what illness they may have or, you know, any key findings um, to help me with their diagnosis and management options. Some of the issues that I tend to see a lot is going to be the affordability of medications. That's one of the greatest challenges that I've seen. Here in the state of Alabama, the majority of children have some type of insurance. There's usually going to be Medicaid, all kids, or private insurance. So the majority of kids here in the state are insured. So getting insurance is not the issue. The issue is being able to afford uh, the medications that we're prescribing or the resources that we think they should have. A lot of children in the area that I took care of in the primary care setting, uh, it was a lower socioeconomic area. So there were lots of transportation issues. There were a lots of uh, unsafe environments. So, for example, me giving them a plan to do some outdoor exercise because maybe I noticed that they're a little bit overweight. 
that's really not feasible for them to, to go outside and do that because they live in an unsafe area. So I have to kind of think about the whole aspect of my patients, their environmental, all of those social determinants of health so that I can understand um, and modify their management plan um, because it does me no good to do a management plan that they can't obtain, that's, that is not reasonable for them. So very individualized care in primary care um, is important. So determining you know, what they need, what resources they have access to, uh, having a motivational interviewing session with them. Are they even ready for the change? It's important. So I encounter a lot of those kind of setbacks where they really want to do better. They want to follow the management plan. They just don't have the resources to be able to do that, including transportation, including ability to afford the medications. So I spend a lot of time doing that in the traditional primary care setting, kind of figuring out, you know, what can they afford? What resources are reasonable given their environment and where they live and, and their caregiver support? Uh, thank you. And, you know, one of the things that you, you mentioned uh, in, within your conversation is uh, some of the common stressors and some of the common things that can be challenges mm -hmm. for you. Uh, and we've certainly been challenged over the last few years uh, with COVID as well, adding on top of previous challenges uh, and ongoing issues. How do you deal with burnout? How can you, how do you stay motivated, wanting to stay in that field and, and, and moving past some of these big barriers within your clinical space? Personally, I enjoy getting outdoors. Getting outdoors is very important to me, whether it's taking a walk, whether it's taking my son to the playground, just getting out in the fresh air really usually helps me refocus. I know um, it's been really challenging, as you stated, because of COVID. Um, the census has been high, the, um, the severity of the patients have been high, and so it's very easy to get burned out. But I also remember the reason behind why I do what I do. Um, you know, it's helping children recover. I, that's what I enjoy doing at the end of the day. And I understand it's going to be stressful sometimes. I, I understand some days are going to be not as good as others. I understand, you know, some children are not going to get better. But I remember my reasoning why. Getting in exercise, eating healthy as much as I can are things that I do to try to prevent that burnout. Spending time with my friends and my family, you know, taking a break from the screen sometimes, taking a break from getting on social media and things of that nature are, are all things that I do to kind of help with that burnout. Um, taking a day off work when I can, it's not always feasible, but when I can take a day off, taking that day off, a lot of people hesitate taking vacation days, but vacation days are important. Even if it's a vacation and you just stay at home, taking that mental health break is very important. And those are things that I do to kind of help when I'm feeling a little bit of burnout. Thank you. You know, that's that's so important uh, is, is re, you know, taking care of yourself and resetting yourself. So I'd like to briefly ask uh, Jeremy the same question about what is, you know, brief, tell us, you know, briefly describe what are what your normal day is like. What is a normal day for you and what are some of the common challenges um, that you encounter? Yeah, absolutely. So um, in the, the pediatric ICU where um, where I practice, uh, my day generally starts by um, reviewing, um, similar to Dr. Smith, reviewing the, the charts and the information that we have about our patients that are on our service um, and going to see those patients, doing a physical exam 
um, speaking with uh, the other care providers, so that bedside nurse, the respiratory therapist who's cared for that patient, the social worker, child life therapist, the entire team that helps take care of those patients, um, getting information from them about how the child is doing, um, and then developing a, a plan of care. Um, and so I do that for each of my patients, and then we round as a multidisciplinary team um, at each patient that's in uh, on our service. So we, we go from one patient to the next, discuss um, their current treatment plan, um, any adjustments we need to make in the treatment plan, um, as well as address any social or family needs. Um, so where I work, um, I'm, I frequently tell people we actually have two patients. Um, I, we have the patient who's there in the bed, the child, and then the family. The family is really important, um, a really important aspect of the healthcare team. Um, but these families, understandably, are experiencing probably one of the scariest and probably one of the worst times in their life. Their child is in the intensive care unit who's very, very sick. They're very scared. They um, don't always fully understand what's going on because, um, as you can imagine, the ICU is a very complex environment. So. Part of my day is also spent with that family, talking to them about ways that they can take care of themselves. So coming out of the unit, um, telling them it's okay to leave the bedside of their child for a moment to even do simple things like go for a walk, um, go call family members, you know, um, take a shower and take care of yourself because they need to be prepared and ready to take care of their child when their child is better um, and leaves the hospital. Um, so that's actually one of the most challenging things is getting parents to care for themselves because um, parents are very obviously and importantly very focused on, on helping their child get better. Um, they continually ask, what do we need to do? What can I do to help? What, how, how, how can we get my child better? Um, and um, we work as a, as a multidisciplinary team to, to get that child better. Um, so it is that family member's job, that parent's job to take care of themselves so that they can be ready to take care of their child when um, when their child gets better. You know, and that, and that environment does lend itself to an enormous amount of stress. Uh, there's a lot of stress and I'm sure burnout as well. Um, you know, Tidra mentioned some of the, some, one of the ways that she uh, cares for herself and helps others care for themselves. So Jeremy, what do you do to help uh, mitigate burnout and to really help um, reset yourself? Yeah, so that's a great question. Um, in the uh, in the ICU or in the um, inpatient setting, like I mentioned, we're, we're, we're a healthcare team, so we work together. There's a lot of other healthcare individuals. Um, so I frequently find myself relying a lot on um, the physicians that I work with, the nurses that I work with, respiratory therapists, and um, having um, another healthcare professional to, to talk to about the things that you're going through. Um, because sometimes what you see um, you don't want to go and share that with your spouse or your kids at home because they can be very traumatizing. So it's not always something you can talk about with your family um, outside of work. So really creating those bonds with um, your coworkers is really, really important and utilizing any resources that's offered by the healthcare facility that you work in um, is also really important. So like Dr. Smith mentioned, taking the time to step away from work, to step away from the bedside, um, to take care of yourself because, you know, just like we're teaching parents that they have to take care of themselves to get ready to care for their child, we have to take care of ourselves as nurses and as healthcare professionals 
because if we're not healthy and we're not capable of caring for the children that need our help, then who will be? Right. So it's really important that we we do everything in our can everything that we can to avoid burnout. And for me personally, um, doing things like um, exercising, um, traveling pre-COVID, and now slowly getting back into it, being able to travel a little bit, um, is something that really helps me to kind of step out of the the environment and the world that I'm in and kind of get out of my own head. Um, allows me to kind of reset and come back with a fresh set of eyes. Um, and kind of some renewed energy and, um, you know, to help start to take care of these kids again, because it is very taxing, not only um, emotionally, but also very physically. Um, so caring for ourselves physically is also really, really important, eating well, um, you know, but also realizing that it's okay sometimes to, you know, binge watch that Netflix show for, you know, an hour or two on the weekends, you know, because we need that, we need that break. Um, working in the ICU, it's, it's obviously a very challenging environment. So taking that break, that little escape, whether it's um, reading, exercising, watching TV, you know, yoga, whatever it may be, those little escapes add up and really help kind of reset and refresh yourself before you go back to work. Absolutely. That mental, that mental reset can be so beneficial. Uh, to long-term success within that career. So we only have a couple of minutes left, and what I want to do is uh, move through some of the resources. So, teacher, can you share with us what, if someone's really interested to learn more about pediatric nursing or advanced practice uh, pediatric nursing, do you have some resources that we can share with our viewers? Yes. So just general pediatric nursing, the Society of Pediatric Nursing, so SPN, is, is, has a wealth of information. There's a journal associated with it lots of great resources on pediatric nursing, ways that you can expand your knowledge set for pediatric nursing. So this is a go-to for me, especially when I was just starting out um, as a nurse. I wanted to learn more about, you know, the pediatric world and increase my education related to pediatrics. Another resource would be the National Association of Pediatric Nurse Practitioners, if you're interested in being a pediatric nurse practitioner. There's a lot of information and resources, um, continuing education information about being a pediatric nurse, some of our position statements and other ways to get involved. And there's also the Journal of Pediatric Healthcare that's associated with being a member. There's also the um, Pediatric Nursing, the Institute of Pediatric Nursing as well. And then there's the Pediatric Nursing Certification um, Board where especially once you can nurse practitioner education, you can be certified as a pediatric nurse practitioner, primary care, or acute care. There is also a certified pediatric nurse. So before you even attend nurse practitioner school, if you wanted to be certified in pediatric nursing, you can go to PNCB as well and see the information requirements needed to be able to sit for the exam to be a certified pediatric nurse. So those are just some of the resources. So remember, Society of Pediatric Nursing, SPN, NAPNAP, which is the National Association of Pediatric Nursing, as well as Pediatric Nursing Certification Board, Those are our Thank three you. major resources. Excellent. Thank you. That's very important resources uh, for those that might be interested. So, so teacher, I'd like to, we're going to close out here. So, teacher, any final takeaway, any final thought you'd like to leave with our viewers who might be interested in pediatric or pediatric advanced practice? I would say follow your passions, follow your heart. Um, P 
pediatric nursing is requires a special skill set and not necessarily a physical skill set, but your soft skills are very important in pediatrics because not only are you taking care of the patient, you're also taking care of the patient's caregivers. So it's important to, to make sure it's something that you're passionate about, something that brings you joy um, because you have to exude compassion, empathy, a lot of case management when you're taking care of the pediatric population. And don't hesitate to don't hesitate to, to seek out information. Don't hesitate to reach out to shadow because it is very different than taking care of the adult population. So I encourage anyone that's interested to shadow if you can and to, to use all of those resources I listed to get all the information you can about being a pediatric nurse or pediatric nurse practitioner. Excellent, thank you. And Jeremy, any final thoughts you'd like to leave anybody interested in pediatric nursing and or acute care nursing? Yeah, um, so thank you again so much for having us. And um, one thing that I would say, anybody that's interested in becoming a nurse or is already a nurse and interested in, in going into pediatrics is similar to what Dr. Smith said, don't hesitate to reach out and, and look for an opportunity to shadow. Um, because, like I mentioned earlier, everyone that works in pediatrics wants to be there and, and loves their jobs and loves what they do. So any pediatric healthcare provider, nurse, nurse practitioner that you meet um, will be more than happy to talk to you about their, their position, their role, and what they do. Um, all of the major children's hospitals around the country all have shadowing and volunteer options um, so that you can go and see what it's like to be a pediatric nurse or nurse practitioner. Um, so utilize those resources and, um, you know, just connect with it with a pediatric provider, because um, if you give us the opportunity, we will tell you our life story. We will tell you why we love working with kids um, and, and give it a shot. If you have any kind of inclination and thought that you may want to work with kids, um, you know, try it. Come see. Come see if it's going to be for you. Um, and, you know, you'll find out whether that's something that works for you or not. Um, but it could be you know, that first step into a really rewarding, um, you know, lifetime career caring for kids. So don't be afraid to take that first step um, and shadow a nurse or a nurse practitioner um, to, to see if it's for you. Um, because I know plenty of nurses and nurse practitioners who work in pediatrics who, while they were in nursing school, had no desire to work with kids until they rotated through a pediatric setting or shadowed a pediatric provider and got to work with kids and then fell in love with it. So give it give it an opportunity um, and you can see if it's it's for you because if you want to be a pediatric provider, we would love to have you. Excellent. Thank you so much for sharing that. And you know, thank you both for being here today. We're very excited. Uh, to hear your story uh, and it looks like you know we're out of time but we could stay here for a lot longer to hear about your very inspirational stories but this was such an in interesting discussion thank you so much for being with us today we really appreciate we look forward to seeing you next time on clinical pearls thanks for listening to clinical pearls from the uab school of nursing health network this podcast is also available in video form at youtube.com forward slash c forward slash nursing network